1: And welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou, we're recording this at 10 a.m., day after Christmas. Had to take the night off because, you know, holiday and everything. But, you know what's funny? I love the Memphis Grizzly game Uh-oh. the game of the season. And then two days later, I think actually Suns on Christmas Day is the game of the season so far. By far. By
2: far. Let's think about this last night. Maybe you could throw the Lakers game one in there. I thought that one was pretty good at the time. Memphis, you're right. I mean, New York, Steph breaking the record. But yeah, this one. I mean, it, by, this the one way, by the way,
1: shout out Lakers being awful. But, um, but yeah, incredible no, Christmas gift, was, another one. Opening opening, opening night was cool just because like it set the tone like this yep. isn't last year. Yep. Um, but, but this one, I mean, where do you want to start? Because yeah, just I, all over, up and down, this game was incredible. I mean, we both thought that we're going to lose. And yes. not because we don't believe the Warriors are better than the Suns. I think the full strength Warriors are better than the Suns. But no pool, no Wiggins, no clay. No Iguodala, no Damian Lee. That's the first five wings in your rotation. No Moses Moody, no Wiseman. Okay, those guys are, not you know, first five (laughs) wings. But anyway, that's 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 seven seven guys out, though. Seven guys missing and five of your, I don't know, eight or nine who would be in a playoff rotation. Yeah. Yep. Um, At maybe the most important positions, and it didn't matter because Draymond Green just – it's not even a question that he's the best defender of this generation – he might be right when he says he's the greatest of all time. He might be. I, it's, I, I just don't know. I don't know what else people need to see with him. He was literally, he quarterbacked an elite defense with the third and fourth string out there.
2: And And let's be clear, they also didn't have a coaching staff. Kenny Atkinson wasn't there. Mike Brown wasn't there. Mike Brown, who runs the defense, right? Now it's only one game. But those guys weren't there. Draymond Green is essentially as good as as you can get as a player and, and a coach, right? But Andre Godala was out there on the bench, at least. But yeah, you're right. I mean, no wing defenders against a team that has an enormous amount of wings. Devin Booker is one of the best scorers in the entire NBA. Chris Paul is a genius in the pick and roll. And then you've got Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder shooting threes, right, as your spot up guys. Campaign getting the, like they have a plethora of guys that are just very, Jim Johnson, very good on just a sniper. Off oh God. yeah. Oh god, that shot is nice. Um, it's just can you imagine him on the Warriors? It's like Otto Porter almost. Uh, but it's uh, you know it's just just an
1: incredible. Yeah, he effort. doesn't and look de- like Wilt, so not as good,
2: <laughs> not as cool. He doesn't have the off the dribble. We'll get to him later. Um, Deandre Ayton, right? So like, Draymond Green was picking up Chris Paul full court. And then DeAndre Ayton wasn't a – he didn't really make an impact, Sam. Like, we're talking about a guy that can guard not just
1: – He wasn't – yeah, he wasn't bad, but he DeAndre Ayton was not a problem. Like, I didn't walk away from that game thinking, oh, yep. man, they're going to have an Ayton problem in the playoffs.
2: Yep. And me and you knew that. Like, we always said, like, even if DeAndre Ayton goes 18 and 12, it's just – you're going to live with that stuff. It's just – it's not that big of a deal. It's not like he's Giannis out there. Um, but it's, Giannis it's, might
1: Michael 50 and 25. That's, a different, the, yeah, that's shit, a different, animal. Shit.
2: I mean, he did literally against, against this team, actually <laughs> in, a, in a game six. Um, just the more I think about it, the more it's like, who can guard the rim, can guard a wing and then guard a guard out in the pick and roll. There were several possessions in the second half there that my brother was watching the game and he, he's a football guy it's just he's played football his whole life but even he was sitting there and he was just like not surprising damn. i've met your brother <laughs> yeah it just yeah he's he's a crazy psycho um but it just it's always yelling uh, football people are insane but he's just like andy are you seeing this are you seeing Draymond playing the pick and roll and being in help defense at the same time and i'm looking at him and i'm like damn if 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 someone like him notices this and he watches every warriors game but it's not like he's out in the nitty gritty like like our our followers our listeners like this this stuff is incredible. Like he's doing this. He's making defense cool, I think. Like he's, it's not like he's Rudy Gobert out there. Rudy Gobert is playing defense and people are saying, like, they're trying to prove to you how defense is cool. Draymond Green is actually making defense amazing. I mean, he's, redefining,
1: he's redefining the way you play you defense. You know what's funny? I, I tweeted this out before the game because uh, I thought it was a cool article, uh, NBA.com. Uh, Draymond with just a candid interview on defense. And he was comparing the way he plays defense to a middle linebacker. He goes, "Um, it's important to cover for everyone, whether you're stopping the roll, whether you're stopping the block, that's covering on the backdoor cut. That's putting guys in the right position. That's the middle linebacker who's reading the play and knows what the offense is going to do right up to the line and shift his defensive tackle over the gap, over to close the gap. You know, they're about to run through. That's how I like to approach the defensive end, a linebacker who's going to get everyone in the right spots. And after I get to to the right spots, that middle linebacker has to be there to cover them. I mean, it's funny. You mentioned your brother's more of a football guy. Uh, I didn't even know you're going there, but like it ties in so perfectly to this quote because there's just no one who really plays defense like that. Like Kevin Garnett, Did some of that stuff, but just the schemes that teams used when KG played 15 years ago, um, 13 years ago when the Celtics won that title are just not as sophisticated as the ones they play now. Like the Warriors this year, they will do five to seven different defensive coverages in a single game. They'll switch between zones. They'll switch between trapping. They'll switch. They'll switch. They'll drop. They'll do a bunch of different like. We we love to say you know Steve 2.0 oh the Kenny Atkinson effect or anything like that but like in many ways it's it's mostly because they have Draymond Green it's mostly because they have a guy who is smart enough to figure that out on the fly and get everyone in the right possession like they could not do that with Juan Toscano-Anderson no disrespect but just like Draymond's one of the best of all time and Juan's just a really good defender you know
2: yeah yeah the the zone actually the zone stuff is probably the most the, the most fun stuff. Um, just because I don't know if the Warriors ran. If they did previously, they never did it consistently. Because um, everybody in the NBA is doing it now. And, and the, the, everybody in the NBA is doing it to the Warriors. And the Warriors can still beat it because they have a system that can do it. So they have Steph and they have Draymond. So they can beat that zone. But when the Warriors spring that zone, and especially they got Draymond there, and, and to me, like GP2. At the head of that zone is just—it's it's incredible, and I, I think I think that's the coolest part. They're actually running d- different defensive schemes and make it more exotic because
1: that's the stuff that makes them more dangerous. The Warriors, Draymond on Belichick out here, just just yeah. throwing exotic coverages at you, trying to catch you off guard. I just—that's—that's that's
2: what they should be doing, right? You just can't do the same thing over and over. Why? Why not try new stuff out? I—I I feel like they're doing more of that this season. Um, and the biggest part, I keep going back to this. The biggest, biggest part is they played 48 minutes of lockdown defense.
1: It's not just, I, I know this is a dream shout on out, segment. Shout out my guy Quinn Quindaria Weatherspoon giving solid hey, minutes. There. I, did you know? Did you know he was a great defender? I, so I had no
2: idea. <laughs> I, I guess he was brought up from the G League because he was a great it, it, apparently he was locking up, not locking up.
1: Apparently he was doing a great he job, was on doing Clay a good Thompson. job on Clay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did mean, I had no idea. His he's one of those guys who's trying to make it in the NBA as a three and D guy. And you know, he may end up doing it, but like for a guy who was signed three days ago to get thrown wow. into this type of game wow. and to give them anything of substance, wow. pretty yeah. impressive. But anyway, yeah. back to what you were saying.
2: No, no, he had a huge steal on Devin Booker in an ISO situation. D book looked rusty last night, um, but I, I just, they and the coaching that so I've always thought of they, they're the best closeout team uh in the NBA, so they never foul on three-point shots. I mean, partly because Baysmore and Uber isn't there anymore, but they yes, never yes, ever foul that's contesting nice from last year. <laughs> never ever foul contesting, which they were always great doing that in the dynasty years. Um, and and I don't think teams do that, like most teams at NBA don't do that, so they make even relatively open shots tough for other teams. Um, and then they push people out of their, their comfort spots. We saw with Devin Booker last night. So even when you have a slightly open shot, like they make it as uncomfortable every single possession as possible. And I don't think any other team does it that way, the, the way that the Warriors do. I will say the only, only red flag I have, but it's not really a red flag. It's just that I don't think anybody scores on this team outside of isolation scoring. That That's the only thing. And that reminds me of 14-15, 15-16. And the Houston Rockets because. Too. That's just, it's just life. It's just, bas- that's how basketball works. The only, th- the only stuff, the only stuff that'll work against great defenses is isolation scoring. And and really nobody at the NBA, I don't think has multiple isolation scores outside
1: of the Brooklyn Nets. If Kyrie comes back, that's it. That's it. Everybody else, I don't think can score against this team consistently. I think, I think you're right. I mean, Chris Paul even said it. They, in an interview, it's like, why did the Houston Rockets play that ugly ISO style? He's like, there's no other way to play against the Warriors team. You run an nope. off-ball action, Draymond will blow up everything you do, and then you're just stuck in isolation with five seconds left. Anyway. So why nope. even? Why bother? Why Just start the ISO with 20 <laughs> seconds left. You know? Um, not my brand of basketball to watch, but, like, it made total sense why they played that way. And you know what? As much as we dislike uh, Harden and Chris Paul and that stuff, they still got – closer to beating the, that Warriors team with KD than anyone you know so <laughs> y- your point stands isolation because at least at that point you're taking away Draymond's best gift to a degree which is he's just smarter than you he's going yep. to be he's going to blow up what he want to do so you might as well make it as simple and make it like man versus man you know hey you know if I've got it going it's, it is what it is
2: yeah, I mean they they we've seen it. I mean, Kyrie, one of the most unstoppable ISO players we, we've ever freaking seen, right? Like that's really it. James Harden can get counter his. move
1: magician. Yeah. Yeah.
2: LeBron James, obviously, like we're watching him. Like he can always score an ISO. So like those are the like the only Kevin Durant, right? Like he's always going to be a problem in isolation. Like the only I think the only scheme that can maybe beat this scheme defensively is like the Warriors own one. Like maybe you get Draymond and Stephen and Clay offensively. Going up against themselves defensively. And that's, and that's be also good, like, because that's it, what's
1: right? what's Steph's greatest gift? Making the shots you want him to take, right? Like that's why he's <laughs> a scheme buster because he you can play perfect defense. He's like, ha-ha-ha, it doesn't matter. Yep. You know, like so it gets back to your same point, which is like the only way to beat their type of defense is to make quote unquote bad shots at a high rate, which is what isolation is at the end yep. of the day, outside of like Kevin Durant isolation is generally a lower percentage shot for every player ever, you know, even like LeBron, he's better in, in other actions than on ISO. He's just a good ISO player though. You know? Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and with the Suns, I think the part that always maybe gave me a little hesitation was, was how is Devin Booker going to be able to score in this defense? Now last night he didn't right. Or maybe yesterday afternoon, he didn't, but yeah, he's good enough though. He's good enough in a series to, to average 25, 30 points against his defense. We'll see if he can do it. But against your GP2s, against your Draymonds, even Quindary, Witherspoon, right? He's going to see a lot of Andrew Wiggins in, in a playoff series. We'll see what he can do. I, Sam,
1: I do think he's good enough to score. But Yeah, you're not you know, holding him not, five of 19 every night. But you're, you're right. also not going against him without your top five wings every night either. He, he, he is not Kyrie. Like, that's the thing. Like, to me, he is not that great as a score off like
2: in isolation. So we'll see. I mean, but that, that defensive effort, I'm glad we started here last night cause I love defense was, was freaking incredible.
1: Yeah. And I think um, <laughs> I don't want to turn on the Lakers. Well, no, that's a lie. I definitely want to <laughs> make fun of them, but uh, um, everything the warriors do is like opposite to them. The warriors have players who are committed to defense on every possession. Like you said, all hundred possessions and their high IQ. That's the biggest. That's the biggest difference. You got Draymond, who's high IQ. Watch the Lakers play defense. There's only one player who's high IQ on that team, LeBron James. Two, two when Anthony Davis was there,
2: yeah, right? Yeah, if AD's playing, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: But like, my point is that there are a bunch of guys who, even if they try, are not sophisticated enough to make two to three rotations the way the Warriors do, right? and i think that stuff matters more i think nba offenses and defenses are more advanced now than they've ever been i think i think iq honestly is more valuable now than it was a decade ago because the game is is more complicated there's more stuff going on there's more interesting coaching and guys trying to exploit like players who are poor at certain things yeah well
2: we're maybe we're going to get
1: this later but i just shout out like the front
2: office figured that out right like they realized that they made a mistake last season and they fixed it and they found the right players and they realized, you know what? Forget the athleticism aspect. Um, not forget it, but like, we're not going to hold or that. Athle- athleticism one for thing.
1: athleticism's sake
2: is, yes. is
1: nothing. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Like that's nothing. If we're not going to have guys that understand how to play, how to play basketball defensively and offensively. And let's get Otto Porter. And this is our next topic. Let's get auto Porter because you know, he might, he's big, he's long. He might not be. He may not be able to move anymore. It's, it's, he still might not be. But he's so smart, offensively and defensively. defensively he's played this scheme before, um, especially Shout offensively. Out it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like he can just. You can just plug and play. He can play the four. He can play the five. He played a little bit of three last night,
1: and and, and that was by necessity. And, and, and by yeah. the way, not good defensively at the three. But you know, we knew that. Yeah, he, he yeah. wouldn't have he wouldn't have played it if five guys weren't missing. Right. We all know that. Right. right. Um. I just I'm I'm recalling a play where he got uh switched out onto like CP or book twenty eight feet from the hoop. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not your play, buddy. You know, mm. like, and it's mm. like, you know, that, That's the type of stuff that would never happen if Wiggins and. Uh, Poole and Lee and those guys are all, Igadol are all healthy, but you know, such as life, um, it, it doesn't matter because he was kind of the star of the show last night. Yeah, I got Otto, just what a shot making click. And I'm glad yep. you open, you, you mentioned his IQ is the biggest thing because it's not just the fact that he can shoot, it's that he can make the extra pass and relocate and recognize when he should shoot versus when he should pass the ball. Uh, he He's the type of player who's meant to play in the Warriors system, in all honesty. Yep.
2: Yep. A very, uh, a very Clay Thompson, like his version of Clay Thompson coming down the stretch. Because, I mean, they were throwing two, three guys at Steph. We know this. We're not going to start with Steph today because everybody saw what we saw. Just 10 for 27, but he has all the attention attracted to him. And when that happens, Somebody who can shoot is going to get all the looks. Usually, it's Clay Thompson. Big shots. And that's what Otto did. He wasn't afraid to shoot the mid range. I mean, we'll just talk about the shots down the stretch. He had a loose ball, mid range shot. That's classic Clay. Has another one off the dribble pull up. And then he has a three coming off of a down screen, right? Like, that's classic. All of it is classic Clay Thompson. And also, I think the biggest thing is he's just not afraid to shoot it. He, he's, I think, the guy that you can play in postseason crunch time minutes because he's not scared. Um,
1: he, he's you know, going he you to you give him he an open shot. Shoot.
2: And he can make it. He's not you, praying for it to go
1: in. <laughs> you know, Otto's. You know, Otto's the type of dude who thinks he's better than every shooter in the gym, except for like Stephen Clay. Like, literally, he's the type of guy's. Like, I, I know I'm one of the best shooters on earth, and he is one of the best, just pure shooters on earth. It's just like, it. And and there's a different confidence to that. And a lot of guys in the NBA who shoot threes who are like fine, but like the they don't want to take threes at the end of the fourth quarter. They want to take threes in the middle of the second and third quarter.
2: Yeah. 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 Actually huge, huge, huge difference between those two. Right. I mean, I, I even think like, we're talking about auto, but GP two making, making a couple three, making a three in Memphis in crunch time. That was one where I was just like, yeah, he thinks he's a shooter. Right. And he might not be, he's not the auto type of guy, but he thinks he's a shooter. And I think that's where I know the Warriors were missing a ton of guys last night. Um, GP2 and Otto Porter, they may be playing more minutes regardless of whether those guys are healthy or not. You know, Damian Lee, you talked about it. I mean, even Jordan Poole could maybe even throw Andrew Wiggins there. Obviously, Clay's going to get his no matter what. But, like, these guys are good enough where they should be playing 25 minutes in a real postseason game series regardless of whether those, those guys are healthy. It's not like that those guys have to play completely out of necessity. They can play in a real game. They should. She-
1: GP, by the way, is why I think three point shooting is somewhat overrated. Um, unless you Uh-oh. are, unless you are an Getting amazing, old. unless you are an amazing shooter, unless you're, you know, Otto Porter, Clay Thompson, one of those type of guys. I just don't think there's a huge difference in shooting ability from GP two to Kelly Oubre to Robert Covington. You know, all these guys right now. GP shooting over 40%, but I don't think that's gonna last. You sure. know, you can even throw doll into there. I'm talking about guys who take open threes. Sometimes they shoot 39%, sometimes they shoot 32%. They're living somewhat in the mid 30s. There's just not a difference in what those guys do for your offense. Like teams aren't closing Gary Payton the second out harder because he shoots 41%, you know? Um, so my point is, when you get to like that sphere of player, like the, meet, the the OK shooters who can knock down open looks, it's more about what else they can do on the floor. Like Iguodala is a perfect example. What percentage does Iguodala shoot? I don't know. He has a penchant for hitting big threes when his feet are set. But like it doesn't matter because he does so many other good things for you. That's almost what I see with GP2 where it's like, OK, I know he can hit an open three if his feet are set. So I don't care what his percentage is. Could be 45, could be 32. Right. It's all the right. same. Defense gonna guard him the same. And then because of that, he does so many other good things for you that you have to have him out there.
2: Yeah. By the way, another front off. Let's just another front off is fine. It's not like they didn't want GP2. It was more of a, hey, we want a veteran that we know right that that in Avery Bradley that we can play but no nah, they, they were overruled which by the way shout out to them because a lot of veterans would just say hey either get him or don't right you think KD would allow if KD was on this roster you think you and think Avery Bradley would be on the team right now so shout out shout out to them for finding him but you're right um I think with GP2 the other thing that he does very well is that offensively he's also a threat at the rim not a rim pressure guy but he's a guy that's finishing and actually willing to finish so how often are we pissed not pissed, but annoyed because there's nobody on the roster that's willing to show Andre Iguodala, as much as we love him. Once he gets within five feet of the rim, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, all these guys, they're looking to pass. They're looking to pass it back right. out for a three or they're looking to pass it to someone else. That's five feet from the rim, right? Like that's the Warriors specialty. Um, GP2, if he's five feet from the rim, he's going up. And more often than not, he's making it. For a guy that's six, three, is insane. And so he opened the game with, I think, three buckets where he's just laying it up or dunking it. And I think that's a game changer. That's what we thought James Wiseman was going to be, you know, fingers crossed James Wiseman comes back and still could be that guy. But, but GP two is just a nose for finishing at the rim. And then, and then it seems like he's got that Andre a little bit where he can
1: make big threes. I just, it's, it's, and and then defensively, just all of it's insane. Yeah. I mean, he might be one of the five best uh, point of attack defenders in the NBA already. And it's just, I mean, he he's meant for the playoffs. He needs to play in a playoff rotation. Yes, yes, even if that yes, even if that shot ebbs and flows, we what's important is that he takes it. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. for me, I just wanted to see him shoot the three with confidence. And I really don't care what the percentage is because we know he's an elite defender, you know he can attack the rim, like he's gonna get a couple buckets off weak side cuts, um, off slashing to the rim, whatever it may be. And it's just the impact is there. He also had eight rebounds, by the way, like he just plays so much bigger than he is. Steph yeah. called him the biggest six, three guy in the world. And like, it's kind of true. He plays like
2: he's six, six, you know? Yeah. I mean, the second biggest six, six, three guy in the world is probably Steph. I mean, just another guy. that's <laughs> just always, always in the, in the hunt there for rebounds. But yeah, I mean, GP two uh, defensively. So we've gone through auto port dream on green at the top auto Porter defensively and offensively uh, put on a clay performance GP two, um, both two-way. And then the other guy that I thought, in terms of player development, that's in- increasingly uh, obvious this season that the Warriors have made the right decisions is John Kaminga. What did you think about that performance last night? Played 20-plus minutes.
1: It felt like a coming-out party. Dude, I love everything about him in terms of just the, the confidence, dude, that dude thinks he's going to be a superstar and carries himself like one. Do you see what he wore pregame? Just coming in oh with my the rainbow. God. Just my like, God. And I, look, I don't know about that, but yes, I'm with you. I, I get I, I get the
2: vision, Tim. <laughs> I,
1: uh, he was hyped to pick up Chris Paul. I mean, he got young guys in these type of games, either show you that they're ready for it or they show you they're not ready for it and he's definitely ready for it now we can talk about the basketball side um that shot's getting better and better that outside jumper is getting better and better but like you also want to talk about guys who can attack the rim man dude that that up and under he had
2: yeah oh my
1: god like he's a guy who's going to put a lot of pressure on the rim and he's a he he also fits kind of it's so annoying they don't have guys who do that. I I think the sky's the limit with him. I He got face masked by JaVale
2: McGee and he got up and he starts smiling. And I said, that's a weird fucking dude. That's a crazy guy. That's a psycho. If I've ever seen one like that, that's some Kobe shit. I, I, I don't know. That's some weird stuff where I'm like, yeah, he's not going to be phased in any situation. Um, We didn't do Green Room last night, so we didn't have anyone call in from Phoenix. But from everything that you read and saw about that game last night, it was a pro Phoenix crowd. Like, it wasn't They weren't cheering for for Steph Curry, MVP, at the free throw line. You know what I mean? Like, that was playoff atmosphere on the road in Arizona. They wanted it. And it it looked like Kaminga just didn't – it didn't phase him one bit. And if it did phase him, we would – it would be fine. He's a 19-year-old rook. But he's got that – it seems like he's got that switch in his head where it doesn't matter to him. And then, like you said, let's talk about actual basketball. They threw him on CP3. CP3, he got grifted. Right? He got grifted a
1: few times. By the way. But after that – yeah, By the right, way,
2: want to get to it,
1: God, it's Suns, disgusting. Suns fans online. Oh, my God. Nobody likes Chris Paul. Like, what are you doing out here? It's like, why don't you respect him? What? Why? Warrior fans have had to deal with his grifterness for a decade now. He's gone to four different teams because he bothers people so much. Clippers couldn't stand him. Uh, Rockets couldn't stand him, had to go to OKC to get rehabbed, ends back up in Phoenix. I mean, it's the same old story with him. Phenomenal player, first ballot Hall of Fame, one of the smartest point guards you're ever going to see. But it's like the rip through from your own free throw line. It's not a basketball play, dude. It's not a basketball play. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like golf clap his intelligence. Like all that is, is it's, it's a, it's, you know what it is? It's a highway cop who's hiding behind an overpass waiting to catch you going 66 miles per hour instead of 65. Like <laughs> a radar gun pointing with the radar gun. <laughs> exactly. It's like legitimately and it's like, bro, what are we doing here? What it just? It, it, and I think the most frustrating thing is like, Chris Paul, you are first ballot. You don't need to do that stuff. He's incredible. By the way, that was awesome. I need that cut up and
2: spliced uh, <laughs> uh, on the timeline. I mean, Chris Paul is an incredible basketball player. Down the stretch, we saw, remember when he was in Houston, he was the guy that was carrying him, not James Harden, and giving him everything in, the, in that game six and game seven. So uh, when he was healthy, so uh, he's, he's awesome. He's super smart. But how can you, as a fan, want to watch that? Like, even if you're a Phoenix Suns fan. Like you just stop lying. Right. Like, stop lying. There's nobody that wants to watch. And, and, and or there was one
1: play basketball purist. Like what about, what about that is um, endearing? You know, you're
2: not smarter than us. You're not better than us just because you're saying that you appreciate CP3's greatness. Like we also, as well, we just hate watching the bullshit that he throws out there. The play that he, the play that Witherspoon, um, And this one pissed me off so much. Everything he does pisses me off. But the one where he's just standing in the paint, Witherspoon comes in to box out on a jump shot, and then you can see CP3, because he's a genius, sees Witherspoon, who's a rookie, come in, and CP2 goes, okay. He leans in a little bit, Witherspoon boxes him out, and then CP3 takes the contact, and then he just jumps sideways and he and he falls right into Javale's knees, actually, and and good thing that Javale wasn't that close, or else he would have gotten hurt. And he's just flying into the ground. And then they review to see they review to see if it's a flagrant one. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what are we doing? What what is this? Like, it's not like there's It's not like Witherspoon was trying to kill him. Like, get up. Let's just play basketball. And that's the stuff where you're just like, in Suns fans, I think some because, integrity,
1: bro. <laughs> have some self respect. Have some dignity. It's just. I, 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 it's you know what, not, you know what it not. is. I mean, it, I've been noticing this Suns fans are are pretty annoyed that warrior fans don't take them seriously. Yes. Um, yes. it's like, uh, it's like that, uh, mad men. It's like that mad men meme. I feel bad for you. I don't even think about you at all. You know, you've seen that one. It's like, <laughs> oh, bad. I it's like, I have. it's, um, And it's mostly because it's like warrior fans have had their thing with Chris Paul for like about a decade now. And the Suns have been irrelevant for nine out of those 10 years. Just don't matter at all. Like everyone's lasting memory of the Suns was loving them during the Steve Nash years. And then we forgot they existed for about 15 years. And then they get Chris Paul back. And I totally get it from a Phoenix fan perspective. Like, yeah, we have a team that matters again. We're in the mix. Um, But it's just like, bro, it's you're you're trying to assert yourself into a thing that's been going on between Warrior fans and Chris Paul. And we just, you know, just go go post some threads about Devin Booker or something, you know.
2: (laughs) Actually, the saddest part about that is that the the rest of the Suns players are pretty likable. They are pretty fun to watch, but it's just a stench. Of Chris Paul makes him. Yeah, I was so going to say, gonna
1: say pretty much every other player on the Suns, I, I love, like I'd like to, ha- I'd love Devin Booker on the warriors. I'd, you know, um, Michael Bridges is probably the guy that Bossman 99 is my guy. <sighs> oh God. By the way, he's actually, I don't know. Yeah. And, but <laughs> it, know it, is, it is. I know he's not your guy. But <laughs> <laughs> just when he plays the warriors, it's the worst, but know. it's just, it's just, I just Chris Paul. it's the funniest. I think it's the funniest thing ever that his handle is boss, man, 99. So he, he is, he is a, uh, <laughs> He is
2: he makes big shots. Uh he also misses a lot of shots, but it feels like he always does make big shots. Had a huge three at the end. Shots to Jay Crowder, actually. He bouncing around so many teams now. He does have a home. But um and the thing with CP3 is that I think there'd be more of a more of a level of respect if he'd actually had beaten the Warriors in a game that mattered. It, it's been since he was on the Clippers, right? Remember that when he was fouling Steph on that, on that on that three attempt that Steph had. But how long ago was that eight years? Like, at least with LeBron James. Like, LeBron James has beat the Warriors before. So there's some modicum of, like, hey, like, that guy's great. And, and you know, and he also doesn't grift as much. With CP3, it's just more. Uh, man.
0: Uh, I don't know about Not that, as but... much
2: as CP. <laughs> not as much as
1: CP with LeBron. Yeah, he's, not as much. He's just bigger.
2: That's it. <laughs> Golden State Warriors basketball is finally back. And there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Warriors tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one, compared it to another site that I usually use. TickPick was actually cheaper. Uh, So there you go. But make sure you go to TickPick for all your Warriors tickets games this season. Visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors tickets. Again, it's TickPick.com.
1: But yeah, God. the crux the crux of it is like I don't know. Okay, Andy Lou goes uh walks out of his house, uh goes down Market Street and interviews uh, you know 10 or 100 random warrior fans. Who do you think the list of most hated is? You know. Let's let's, let's, let's do that. I, like I think Ooh. I think I'm I want to say LeBron's number 1, but the, it's, yes, it's like it's still it's 50 50 because half the fans hate him and the other half, there's like a subtle hat tip of respect yes, for the player yes, he is. Whereas I'm kind of in
2: that realm, by the way. I know yeah, you man.
1: are. It disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: not on the timeline. Never on the timeline. Okay. Yeah. What were you, what can't, were you can't saying? can't show weakness LeBron on at, the timeline.
1: We know the deal. No,
2: never, never, never. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron at one. You
1: got Chris Paul. James Harden up there. James Harden's up there. Um, I'm not even talking the internet. Like, I'm talking, you know, just walking. Like, you know how, like, the internet gives you a distorted view relative to, like, you talking to, like, your coworkers or stuff like that. So, um, Harden, Chris Paul, do we throw Westbrook in there or does he not even I think Westbrook –
2: I don't know if Westbrook matters. They haven't played him in a playoff series outside of the OKC one.
1: Um, So, maybe it's those top three that we mentioned or, like, the three that – most Warrior fans that you and I have met in the Bay Area, those are the ones that they just they would consider the biggest rivals, right? God, Chris
2: Paul really might be at the top, actually, now that I really think about it. Because I think with Chris Paul, it's just a level of, you can't beat us, yet you act like you're a champion. You know what I mean? Like, there's that level of, you just think you are the best, but you're just not. And you've never done anything. And he does petty shit, too. Where it's LeBron style petty. Remember the one where he kicked Steph off the floor
1: before? Uh, well, I think it was before Game Six. Game Six uh, uh, in 2019. Um, Nineteen. That they won without Kevin Durant. Yeah, no, no, you're you're 100 right. It's uh, there's a pettiness to Chris Paul that's just perfect, like little man syndrome.
2: Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, that actually, that's exactly what it is. And the, the when he's, it, and it's also the most obvious when he's foiling around, like just, just like what is going, like what is going on with the stuff that he does. I think you posted a video of him kind of tumbling on the floor, not like against like the a Warriors barrel the other roll.
1: day. <laughs> yeah, God, it's, man. Uh, it's, I mean, it just
2: demeans himself. every day.
1: Meanwhile, like Peak James Harden, I always thought like carried himself like a like a wrestling heel. Like he <laughs> he he just he'd he'd get you on a foul, then he'd like walk around the ring putting like his hand to his ear type of stuff, you know? And then LeBron, just cause like, you know, still objectively the best player of the era and the Warriors are the best team of the era. So there's always going to be like that natural rivalry there. God, just. It's, a fun to- it's a fun topic, by the way, I mentioned noted in our mentions either on Twitter or on Apple podcast reviews, who you think the Warriors biggest rival is. We should, right we should now. save the, we should save this one for a green room at some point. Okay. Because I think okay. it's a fun, we'll save I think it for It's green... a fun topic. You're talking about like this season. Who the, who's the Warriors' biggest rival? You're talking about I'm talking about like over the course of this run, the Steve curry era. The the you know, like what we were just talking about, you know? Ooh, no, I don't think it's close. It's it's LeBron. I don't I don't think it's close. Yeah, biggest rival, most hated. I, I guess those are not the same thing, you know? Like uh, I they I just, just... He, well you're just going to your own you hate chris paul but you consider lebron the rival <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i mean it, it's just well, cool. the thing is like they 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 don't lose cp3 that's the thing and, and with lebron it's like yeah they beat him that many times but you sometimes you've watched those you and i sat here with with our all of our millions of listeners uh every Millions.
1: billions billions
2: oh. billions internationally and uh, you've seen the stuff that LeBron does. It's just like sometimes I'm, I've seen it live, and I'm just in, anyway. You know what? I'm not doing this LeBron love thing right now. We are not doing this. The Warriors, the Warriors look like a championship favorite after last night. Sam, defensively, offensively, without five of their wings, without five of their wings. Um. So what are we talking about next? We're in, no more LeBron. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 get 30 get 20 20 20 get 20 20 get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com switch 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
1: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever Yeah. What are we we, on to next? We should do, we should have a little love for the strides the Warriors have made on player development. I think we kind of weaved this in, but I kind of want to talk about this before we get out of here a little bit. Yep. Um, Yep. GP2, G League guy that they've developed. Um, I think both you and I were like, I don't know if he could shoot it well enough to be in the rotation. And now he's been working with Jama. That shot's gotten, that shot's good enough that he should play 20 minutes in a playoff game, if not more, right? That's player development. Andrew Wiggins who did not play yesterday has gone from being a bad shooter to a you know a good shooter to low key being like a high level like automatic level shooter that's player development yep. Jonathan Kuminga uh who's going to get Andy to wear rain boots I, to his knees I um, might yeah so, sooner than later when it once it Kuminga, is raining when Kuminga throws one down on LeBron and drops 30 <laughs> points Andy's going to start wearing those type of rain boots i mean they, they got <laughs> player development i just think i think this team steve Kerr says they haven't changed they've evolved i think it's so evident they've they feel so much like 2015 again where it's like this is the smartest team in the nba yeah they, they are the smartest
2: team in the nba um and we rarely see here's the difference to 2014-15 Player development wasn't – that wasn't a thing. They didn't have 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. They weren't rehabbing journeymen guys, turning them into – like they are with JTA and GP2. What they're doing right now – (laughs) most ways, but like what they did is Steve Kerr injected a system, Ron Adams injected a defensive system that took advantage of the talents that they had and basically steroided them into a championship team. What they're doing right now, John DeComingo shot after I said all season where I just don't believe that's going to be a thing. His shot looks nice right now. It looks like he can be a 36% shooter on volume for his career. And that means he's going to be a superstar because he's going to get to the rim at will for the next 10 years of his career. and so. That's the stuff where I'm like GP two is now a consistent three point shooter. He's shooting threes. He had one over CP three where he looked at CP three and said, Oh yeah, you're five I'm just going to shoot right over you and drills it. And that's the type of stuff where, look, I'm not behind the scenes. You're behind the scenes a little bit, right? Just, I don't, I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. I think Marcus Thompson wrote a piece today, but whatever they're doing with the coaches that they've, they've hired. That's what I think is the real improvement that they've done this season. And, and, that's Joe Lacob, right? That's, that's Joe Lacob. that's, uh, that's on Steve Kerr for realizing that and saying, yes, give me the help because we didn't do that last season. And now that we have this, we have players that are able to play in these big games, even when, when guys are injured.
1: And that's, that's really what it is. I think, I think if we're honest, they looked at what they did last year and they're like, we didn't maximize what we have. And some of that was the wrong free agents around Steph and Clay. And Draymond, sorry, not Clay. Clay didn't play, obviously. Um, some of it was the wrong free agents. Some of it was not having the best coaching staff they could possibly have. And we're not talking about Steve Kerr. We're talking about development assistants and using every tool at their resource. So what did they do this offseason? They go and they get some guys who fit, like Otto Porter, and they bring in some some new coaches to kind of evolve. They bring in Kenny Atkinson. They bring in Jama. They bring in Milovich. Um they start utilizing the front office photo floater, floater looks nice by the way. Shouts to J- be Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are all little things that they did and it's not the splashy move. you or I wanted in the off season, but I'll be damned if this isn't almost better. Right. Like yeah. to, right. to to, to right. you and me, I was like, come on, how much can they really change coaching and development? You know, I was thinking like, let's be real. They probably just need a talent injection, right? They right. Just, just right. get another, they went the other route maybe that trade wasn't there i think they would have made a big trade if it was there but it wasn't yes correct they went this route and it's working perfectly and you know what more power to them they made the, yep. they made the right type of changes they could have gone one of two ways they deserve credit hyped to talk about this with our special guest on uh midweek by the way oh uh, I mean, boy i'm not going oh. to let the i'm not going to let people know who it is uh but it, it'd be a fun one
2: yeah yeah and i think um it just it's just the Warriors now they've got they've got a couple games against Denver this week, um, where Denver is kind of they're a mess, right? I mean, they could easily win both. I feel, of those I games. feel bad
1: for them. Jokic playing yeah. out of his mind, but everyone else is on the It doesn't matter. Yeah, it
2: just it doesn't matter. So so the Warriors have a chance here to kind of keep it going with the guys that they have. And then once they get Jordan Poole back, I have not heard a thing about Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. Um, so hopefully those guys are healthy uh, and get them back. Um, and I think the final thing maybe see, I want to point out is uh Steph broke his Christmas curse. I know he shot 10 for 27, but um if you, you watched the game,
1: you knew he had a great game. Real real hoopers, no.
2: Real hoopers, no. Uh
1: <laughs> no, but you gotta don't know even ball. Need to no. look at the, Don't even I never look at the box score. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did you know that the
1: highest points he's ever scored on Christmas is 19 points. I, I, no I didn't idea. Not, I I knew he look. We've watched every Warriors game of basically yes. Steph's career. I knew he was ass on Christmas. <laughs> I I did not know he'd never broke 20. I just assumed he had like a seven for 21, 23 right. point game. One of these. I didn't realize it was literally like so many like 14 point performances. Yeah. You know, and I want to. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I had a 21 in there, but I swear he's no, 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 You are, you're correct. He's never broke 20 on Christmas because it blew God. my mind, and I had to go double check. And his <laughs> his average on Christmas was 13.1 points per game, which Disgusting. is just like it's just like all right, man. I you know <laughs> that's 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 uh it's like it's like I don't even know. I don't even know. It's my like Draymond Green's up. My dude, my dude's been up uh, wrapping presents all night the night before every christmas that's why he can't play he's too tired
2: <laughs> i don't know what he's doing
1: i don't know what he's doing but just, it's, it's just, it, just it's funny yeah it's well, it is also
2: funny that playing against a team like the suns who are what the first second third best defensive team in the league and just triple teaming him at every touch yeah. exactly exactly and he goes off for 33 on on 27 shots right so it's not like he it's not like he was his usual Steph, but he got he got his and made nice passes there down the stretch. So, good on Steph. I think I think he's ready to really go off. He's only at 39.9% now from three. So I think uh, the I the streak how, is coming. I love how we're
1: I love how we're like paranoid. He's not going to end the season at 43. Look, I'm a little scared. Look, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. A little nervous. But just, good for you Steph. Need, you need the the eight game stretch of 60% from three to get yeah. the vibes back. All right. Right. We're gonna end it. We're gonna end it here. Appreciate everyone for subscribing. Great five stars.